Hi, I'm Madden Nishete Jones, founder and creator of Love Madden, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, your personal hype man and friend here today on episode 244 of Chasing Dreams. Woo! It continues to blow my mind as to how far we've come. Guys, today is the last day in Women's History Month, and I am bringing you an amazing woman for this show. Her name is Madden Ashete Jones. She's a wellness advocate, storyteller, and lover of celebrations. She believes that community begets fearlessness and that gathering around the table with others to share in real and vulnerable conversations is an act of self-love. The driving idea behind her company, Love Madden, is to provide women, particularly mothers, with the tools needed to understand and heal from life's inevitable challenges. Maddie is a friend of mine from back in the day, and we reconnected recently after I saw some of the work she is doing, and I'm just blown away with it, and I thought she would be the perfect person to wrap up Women's History Month. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by Ringtones by Amy J. As your personal hype man, Amy wants to provide you with the tools to help you along your dream chase. These new ringtones can be used as text alerts, ringtones, or alarms. The ringtones range from an alarm reminding you it's time to be intentional to an affirmation reminding you that you are enough. To learn more, please visit amyj21.com slash tones or search for Amy J under iTunes on your iOS device or the Tunes ringtone store. All right, guys, here's Maddie. Hey, Maddie, welcome to the show. Hey, Amy, thanks for having me. Listen, Women's History Month, you were doing yeah. some amazing things, and I think it is representative of someone who needs to be honored this month. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you. That's very kind. Well, so I think oftentimes when we think about Women's History Month, right, a lot of times we think Oprah. We think, and I'm not saying you're not Oprah. Okay, so just let me let me not put my foot in my mouth. All right. But we think about the people, Michelle Obama, the people who are celebrities. Yeah, the people who are famous. But you are doing some work right now that I think is important for people's mental health, for people's relationships. And I think it should be honored for for what you're doing is amazing because you're also juggling that with work, family, friends, et cetera. All the things. Right? Yeah. You're doing that's a lot. What we, that's what women do. <laughs> that's what women do. <laughs> we, we can't just have one hat. You're wearing multiple hats in yeah. all of this. So let's, as we talk about this and what you're doing and how, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but what I think is uh, amazing work with Love Madden that is impactful for others, including women. What did young Maddie want to be when she grew up? Young Maddie, much like most kids, thought she might be a doctor. And, you know, sometimes I thought maybe I would be a talk show host or, 
I don't know. I had a, a couple different things, right? Now I feel like I'm like, I'm all of those things some, you know, somehow. Well, yeah. But the 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 one thing that I always would tack on the end of like when grownups would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which if you've read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, I had such a light bulb moment about why that's not even a great question to ask kids, but I digress. Mm-hmm. I would always add at the end and a mom. Like that was, I, I always knew that's the one thing I always knew I wanted to be like, I want to be a doctor and a mom or a, a talk show host and a mom. Wow. So I think when I saw women, like you said, doing all the things and balancing all the things, I always knew there was room to do multiple things, even as a little kid. First of all, you're the only person I've ever heard say, and a mom, like add that on. But I'm not surprised because I think oftentimes we see our moms as superwomen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how my mom raised twins and then a, a younger child and you know i don't know if you knew jamie and i were, were i was a surprised baby i was we were oh. surprised twins oh she, no I didn't she thought that. it was one i didn't know that so she who only was a, who had, was a surprise <laughs> so she only had stuff for one baby so like Whoa. on top of that and then working and my dad and, and juggling everything she did right i always thought of hers and still do Think of her as super women, oh, super mom, super woman kind of person. Yeah. Did you have that as a role model as well for your mom? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we also recognize as girls that like being a mom is a job. Yeah. So like when people ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I was very aware of the fact that my mom had two jobs. She had the job at work and then she had a job at home. And no slight to my dad. I have a phenomenal dad and he's not really into the gender roles, like very hands-on dad, but as for me, like you said, and who I like looked up to and looked looked to be like, definitely my mom. Yeah. And and again, no shade to my dad either. Hey, he's dad. awesome. If anything, he's, he's supportive of my mom. But in yeah. this Women's History Month, guys, I think we need to call out the superwomen yeah. in our lives. And Maddie, you are women. one as well, because you're juggling motherhood. You're yeah. juggling a day job. You're juggling yeah. a business, a yeah. side hustle of sorts, right? That's even yeah. more than what our our previous generations did oh, for sure it's crazy and we're gonna it's, guys we're gonna talk i know you're like amy get to it we <laughs> got we got to bring this up guys so you you know you want to be and a mom right yep but going into college so did you already know what you wanted to do with that i think i i, I knew pretty early on that i wanted to be in healthcare, mm. right so when i was in high school i did really well in like ap chem and so when i went to college i was like I like biology. I like chemistry. And then I was looking through the catalog and I was like, oh, biochem, mm. let me do that. Um, so I, I, I knew I wanted to be a scientist. I, by then I had figured that I didn't want to be a medical doctor, but I still wanted to do something with health. And I didn't know what public health was then. Like, I think it was it kind of an emerging. Then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was a thing then. It wasn't really a thing. So yeah, I, I started as biochem. That changed freshman year. Okay. <laughs> what did it? Hold on. What did it? So freshman year, I took chem 101, 101 out the gate. I'm not even talking about by the time I got to Orgo. First semester. Dr. Smith. First yep. semester. Um, and Amy and I went to undergrad together. I got my first D, like big fat D fr- first semester of freshman year. And, you know, I was like, wow, maybe it's the adjustment. Maybe it was fluke, whatever took it again. Actually, maybe I squeaked by with a C. Maybe I squeaked by with a C, but I mean, I had failed some tests. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I took 102. And then by the end of my freshman year, I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is, 
Like what is happening here? I'm lost in the sauce. So I dropped the chem and I kept the bio because I still wanted to be on this path to um, work in what I thought like scientists or people who helped others with health. Like I thought you had to have a hard science as they called it degree. So I, I just, I pressed through. It's interesting because in those, in those days, guys, and we're not going to date ourselves, but in those days, hard sciences were what was encouraged. Oh yeah. Right. We, it wasn't really, people didn't talk about public health wasn't a thing. I think bio computer, some kind of degree that was up informatics in or informatics something. or something that was and up it was like a health policy or a health administration, which right. I wasn't sure what that was at that age. I want to say that, that the pu- public policy building didn't start being built and really a thing until after we graduated or yeah. maybe like just on the cusp of it. I and think so, so you do the best that you can. So it sounds like you did that. So then how did you land on this path of where you are now? So there's a thread, like if you talk to enough people, and I hear this on my podcast all the time, that people always kind of see this thread. So at six, well, at five years of age, I remember that my mom was pregnant. I was so excited. I was going to get a little sibling and she had a miscarriage. And then at six, my sister was born and she was born premature. And I remember going back and forth to the hospital and she was so little and all the stress on my parents, even as a little kid. And that was kind of the spark. Like I wanted to help moms. I wanted to be a mom. Even in in middle school, my friends would make fun of me and and say, you're such a soccer mom. Your first car is going to be a minivan. Like I was always concerned with like babies and moms and families. And so that thread kind of continued on. And then um, when I got to graduate school, I did, uh, I did, so I ended up getting a master's in public health, um, studying social and behavioral health science. And I did my thesis around maternal and child health. And then once I got married, I experienced recurrent pregnancy loss. And so there was always a thread of being concerned with the issues that women faced, and then particularly moms. As my work evolved sort of in my day job, um, I worked for the federal government, Department of Health and Human Services. I always kind of had something on the side. So I launched a women's health nonprofit with some friends in grad school. And then that turned to a one-year project, Citrus and Sugar Project, because out of that nonprofit, we were doing like a holistic health thing. I learned that of all the different things on like the wellness wheel, the number one issue that women said they needed the most help with was their mental and emotional. So we did this one-year project, loved it, started a podcast at that time. This is like 15, 2016. And then um, it was, you know, it was really popular. And then I took a break, had a, had a baby, had a successful pregnancy, thank God, and then came back and launched Love Madden. And so it was a culmination of all of these things that I had learned throughout my career in public health, but also my personal life. My support system during my losses were the women that I gathered together with around the table that I had dinner with, that I met for coffee, um, were my girlfriends, whether they were moms or not, who helped me through a difficult time, and then my faith. So Love Madden is literally a marriage of, you know, social aspect of life, the science and the spiritual, and just getting together around the table, helping each other heal, showing one another love and showing ourselves love. And to me, that is sort of the the perfect culmination of my public health story. That, that is fantastic. And and you can see the thread. Yeah, you can see the thread as it comes. But I got to give you credit. And you brushed over it like it was nothing. But not everybody sees the thread. 
Mm-hmm. And not everybody is aware that there is a thread that exists within us. Yes. So were you always cognizant of that thread or do you, was there something that kind of was like, hey, what about this? You want to do something about it? I think it was an evolution. It kind of revealed itself slowly over time. So I started to see more and more, you know, commonalities between the things that made me feel good and made me feel like I was on the right path. And so while I always kind of knew like the professional side of it was, all right, you're going to do something in healthcare and help people because that's what, that's the way that you, you want to help serve others. But then there was also like, wow, it really lights you up to, to have people over. And it really lights you up to talk. I'm a talker. Like one of my things I wanted to be when I grew up was a talk show host. You mentioned Oprah back in the day, Oprah was like an idol. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the tagline for Love Madden is healing through hospitality and um, the, the, the first tagline I had was just get together and talk. And the idea was that just by getting together to talk and share, we could vastly improve, you know, our lived experiences. So I think for me, there wasn't necessarily an aha moment, but it was a lot of experiences paired with the things that I really loved and enjoyed doing that made me think like, hmm, maybe I can create something that is a marriage of these two sides of me. What made you, so you, you have that awareness. It, it's interesting to me that you created a, a nonprofit mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me that you created it so early on yeah. in things. And so what made you, cause it interests me when you start a business, right. Or you start an adventure like this and especially for women, right. You hear about it for men and people are like, duh, but it, it's for women. It's not as common. Right. So what gave you the impetus or the strength or the conviction to be like, we can do this. It can be impactful. Let's do it. Um, it They say that you can only be what you see or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it. I saw it. Um, We were very heavy on Twitter at the time. And so I was hashtagging, you know, about women's health and public health and women's wellness. And then I would see all of these different um, women working on different projects all around the country. And um, coming out of graduate school too, I had like sat with some different nonprofits and done some rotations and things. And I thought like, we could do this because my very first nonprofit, it was, it was four of us, um, Tenille, my co-host on the podcast, and then two other girlfriends of ours, um, one that went to Emory with Tenille for her MPH and one that went to Morgan with me for my MPH. The four of us all got together. And we, it started on Twitter. It started as a Twitter conversation. We would like highlight different things on Follow Friday. Um, but yeah, it was really just seeing other women in that space. Nice. Um, but the the light bulb for the four of us was our public health world is over here, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the professionalism, it's the conferences, it's the summits. And then like our social life is over here. So we're hanging out. We're going to happy hour. I was only 24 at the time. We're hanging out after work. We're like having fun. We're traveling. And again, there's that thread of trying to marry the two. It was like, why can't we take our social life and our public health message and bring them together? Like, why can't we bring those into the same space? So our first event was a happy hour and we premiered a documentary film that um, that actually appeared in that Tanya Lewis Lee, the wife of Spike Lee, um, have put together back in 2009. Um, we wanted to do a big DC premiere. She had done a New York premiere. And since I was in the doc, it was about maternal health. I was like, hey, Tanya, why don't you come do one in D.C.? We're super connected in the city. We can kick something off down here. And we did. And we had we were in this tiny little like bar lounge thing on U Street. 
We had 120 people in there to come watch a documentary about pre- uh, child uh, maternal um, infant mortality. Infant mortality. Like, well, that's not even a sexy topic for someone <laughs> in their 20s. <laughs> right? But we packed it out. And then that night, everyone was like, wow, what's your next event? This was dope. So we were in the clubs. We were at churches. We were doing fitness boot camps. We were all over the place. Right. Um, you know, we were young. We had energy. But from there, I was able to like whittle it down to the mental and emotional health. I, I, health. I knew I had to niche down from from that big, broad um, nonprofit work. But you found a way. I mean, I just to emphasize the point, you found a way to marry two topics, right, and, and merge them in a way that people will pay attention. Yeah, um, we'll be having a guest on the show next episode, actually, who marries mental health and comedy. And wow. so it's not always easy to marry these things and have this conversation, but it's impactful. And so let's talk yeah. about what Love Madden is and what and how you're helping people today. So talk a little bit about the mission of Love Madden and what events you, you guys are putting on. Sure. The mission of Madden, Love Madden is healing through hospitality. I want to help people to heal through hospitality. When you look at when you think about the word hospitality, mm-hmm. you think about um serving others, gathering, making food, maybe the hotel industry, just like serving others, uh, welcoming others. But when you think about the root word for hospitality, it's like the same as the root of hospital, right? It's where we serve and care for others, but it's also a space that we heal in. And so that's what Love Madden is all about. It's about healing through hospitality, getting together, breaking bread, communing with one another, welcoming God into that space. When we think about Holy Communion and the Last Supper and how they were breaking bread and drinking, you know, wine, not drinking wine, but, you know, the, the <laughs> yes. representation, the holy representation. Yeah. And you when you think about um, that relationship with your creator, we can also commune with one another and we can connect and commune with God as a group as well. And so I feel like there's healing in that from an emotional, a mental and a spiritual standpoint. And cross-culturally, Therapy now is less stigmatized, right? So we see more people talking about how great it is to go to therapy and yes. how wonderful it is and how eye-opening it is. But generationally and cross-culturally, you really see that that is just a very new, that's something that very recently has come to being less stigmatized. Right. It's not usually talked about. At all. So when you think about, well, how, what, what were people doing prior to, mm. they were healing in their circles. Women were getting together. I'm Ethiopian. So women were getting together and having coffee ceremonies, tea ceremonies. You know, we see in Asia, lots of places where sister circles, all these concepts yeah. that we talk about in church of small groups and this, that people have been doing this stuff for generations, getting together over food, talking and sharing, creating what we now call safe spaces, right? Right to heal and explore. And so that was such a blessing to me that I was like, um, and I'm, I'm an extrovert, right? So it was easy for me to like get together, but I started thinking like, I, I wish everyone could have this experience in, in such a mindful and intentional way. So I started putting together some guides. I call them gathering guides. So if you're an introvert or if you're someone who doesn't like to host or cook or have people over, how can we simplify the idea of gathering? And then how can we prompt the people who were there, the four or five women that you're gathered with to really go deeper, become vulnerable and have these real conversations instead of just like the chit chat and the small talk. So I put the guys together, threw them up on the web and I had a really great reception. So I had built this whole thing around people gathering and then COVID-19 hit. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, 
So that's where I made the pivot to focus more on what are the things that we can do to, yes, still support each other through virtual means and other things, but what are the things that we can do to first work on ourselves? And then how can we bless and be there for others, even if we can't be sitting at the literal table with them? So that's when I started coming out with the things like the card deck that I have. I have a mindfulness workbook. Every other month, I put out a box around a different topic. Uh, Last month, February, with love was the love box. I have one coming out. um, The hope box is coming out next. And the idea was, how can we put that experience into a box and then either order it for ourselves or ship it to others and do the work, um, the mindfulness, the intentional work, the uh, meditation, the journaling, the gratitude practicing, the deep breathing. How can we make those practices and rituals a part of our daily life? So that was a pivot for me. And it's been even greater than what I think I initially imagined with the gathering around the table. I think what it did, it, and I, I'm, I've been a part of it, guys, in the sense that I participate in the challenges. You should sign up for her list. The link is in the show notes. Uh, it's also lovemadden.com. So there it is. Yep. Um, and it's been amazing because it it's, I think the one I participated in was faith, I think I want to mm-hmm. say October or November. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a passage. It was like a Bible verse for, for us mm-hmm. to meditate on and think on. And you've been giving these challenges that kind of help us reflect and look on. And it's been very insightful for me personally, and I think for others. And so I, I also want to go back though, to what you did with the great, um, your guides, Mm-hmm. that you put together because I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose this point. What yeah. it sounds like what you did was take away any reason for not getting together. That was exactly it. Right. You took, you took it away. Like, Hey, here's, here is the how to mm-hmm. go, go forth and just do. And you, you kind of took the, what do I do? How do I say it? Take what I'm lost and kind of said, I understand. Here you go. Yeah. And I think something valuable for those of you who are listening for uh, dream chasers is to think about what is the problem that I'm solving for someone else? So the first thing that I did was, like I said, this stuff is kind of innate to me. I saw so much value in it and I wanted other people to do it. So I started asking my friends, like, would you do this? And then for those who said no, I started like leaning in like, but why not? You know, my house is a mess or I don't have time with the kids or my space is too small. I don't know how to make it. Oh, there was a whole big thing. A lot of people make it Instagram worthy. I, I can't make it look good. There was a lot of people who didn't want to host gatherings because it wouldn't. I don't set my table this way or that way or that doesn't, you know. Yeah. So like one of the things on the guide is everybody sets their phone down. So nobody's taking pictures. It's not going on Instagram. Did that, you know, thoughts about how we can quickly clean up just the areas that people stay in. If you have like a downstairs bathroom or just a a main level bathroom, depending on what your layout of your house or your apartment is, and just a space where you can get together, just clean the bathroom in that room. You don't need to clean your whole house. They're not going to be taking a tour. So little things that would help people just take that intimidation down. Like, okay, well, I could clean a room in a bathroom. Um, You know, I could put together cost was another one. So I started doing 20 minute, $20 or less recipes. You could feed five friends for $20 or 20 minutes. So I went down the list of every single hesitation someone had. And um, I don't know how to pick which friends people will be offended if I don't invite them. So a guide to kind of knowing who's the right mix of people to have. And I addressed every single thing in those guides and it people found really found value in it. Yeah. You guys hear that? Like, if you're chasing your dream, that's one of the things you got to do is find out the why, figure out the problem, find out the why, 
and then find out why they're not doing it, right? And this isn't just in entrepreneurship, but in general, when you have a problem, if you're trying to solve it, this is what you do. You figure out the symptoms, right? Why aren't they coming? And then you find the resolution and you put that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing with what Maddie did is it's repeatable. Yes. Right? right? You can just do that. And that's why I think the COVID pandemic, as bad and annoying as it is, yeah, sounds like it was a blessing for you because I don't think you would have expanded in the way you have. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And we started a podcast at the same time that I had started Love Madden in February. COVID hit in March. And so at first we saw a dip in the podcast, right? Because a lot of people listen to their podcasts on their commute to work. Yep. People weren't going anywhere or at the gym. But then we saw something interesting happen towards the end of the year. It started coming back up because the topics, because more people were spending time on social because they're home. And the topics that we were covering around mental health, around needing a freaking break. You know what I mean? Like was apropos being around, even if it's people you love people all the time, living in traumatic times, the white supremacy and racial unrest issues that we had in this country, the election year we were going through. And I was really able to serve people in a different way, even more so through the podcast. And at first I was kind of like, Should we put it on hold? Because it seems like less people are listening. But I'm glad we persevered because it served so many more people. And it sounds like you pivoted a little bit. We did. We started, I started pulling people on IG to find out like, what do you want to hear about? What do you want to talk about? And then I started just like you do, tap it into friends or guests or even people I didn't know, you know, but started with friends first to say, you're doing amazing work in this space. Can you come talk to us about it? And so, yeah, it's that. I think it's been a lot of different things. It's the boxes. So I'm bringing the experience to your doorstep. It's the podcast. So it's like you said, COVID-19 really forced us to, or forced me to try to think about what people's needs were in this new sort of unpredicted, unprecedented season that we were all navigating together. Yeah. And guys, I don't want you to beat yourself up if you took this time to not, you weren't able to pivot the way that Maddie did everybody's different. This isn't a comparison game or anything like that. I just want to highlight that for her, it worked. It was something that was important to her for her to work on. And that that was her path. If that's not what you did, that's all right. That's okay. We're we're here now. Yeah. And I, and I want people to know, like, we see you, like if you're struggling during this time, if you've lost someone, if you been sick yourself or your loved ones. If your anxiety is through the roof, my anxiety was through the roof. So we started doing a lot of content around anxiety because I needed it. You're seen, you're recognized, you're acknowledged. So, you know, this is one path Yes. for one person, but we all have our own path. But I think that one thing we can say unequivocally is none of us are going to come out of this situation unchanged. And so I think it's important for us to take the time to process because we have this shared traumatic lived experience, I think it is important for us to take the time to process and think about what can I take away from this that could be beneficial? And what challenges have I faced during this time that I need to spend the time to heal? And it's not, Maddie's absolutely right, guys. There's no right answer to this. Right. There's no one answer. It's what works for you. What is your solution? What is your lesson? But the fact that you do the exercise is what's important. Right. 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 That's the thing I want. Take away what she said. Right. Don't look for what her answer was. Don't look for what my answer is. What's your answer to that question? 
Take the time to process. Take the time to process. Nobody knows you as intimately as you know yourself. So the work that you can do when you're spending the time processing, and I talk a lot about self-love, but also self-compassion. I know we talk about self-care a lot, but I think self-compassion is important. It adds that element of grace. So if you didn't do what you wanted to do in this season, or you had goals that you didn't accomplish, are you showing yourself the same grace and love that you would show maybe to a friend who was in a similar situation? So as you're processing, be gentle with yourself. That's really important. And so speaking of self-love, I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't think oftentimes we talk about it because we think it's selfish in the sense that, you know, to practice self-love is, you know, I can't do that. I'm not thinking of others. It's too selfish of me to do self-love. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a a wife. You know, I got other responsibilities. I don't have time for self-love. Yeah. So can you talk about one, what is self-love and why, if at all, it's important? Sure. So all those titles that you mentioned, Amy, are all titles that people throw out all the time, why they don't have time. But the thing is, before you were all of those things, you were you. So that self-love component has to come before you can love on any of those other people or projects or ideas or whatever it is that's keeping you, you don't have time, that's keeping you from prioritizing yourself. So my sort of basis for the love challenge, the 21 day love challenge that we did in February, and it can be done at any time. The download is always going to be on the website. So you guys can grab it is first love God, then love yourself then love others. And a lot of times people invert that. We feel like in order to serve God, we have to love others and be kind and be gracious and you know, give, sometimes give what we don't have. And all of those things are wonderful. I think sometimes we think that those things are honorable, but if they're at the disservice of ourselves or even serving God, then we've got it kind of backwards. So I'm a believer. I saw I have my faith, hope, love shirt on. This was part of the one of the items in the love series collection. And so the Bible says that the first and greatest commandment is to love God above all else. And it says the second greatest commandment is like it. It is to love others as you love yourself. And oftentimes we miss that as you love yourself part. Oh, absolutely. We say the second greatest commandment is to love others. Absolutely. Yeah. So we love God and we love others and we X ourselves out. But here's why that doesn't make sense. So number one. We can't love ourselves. We can't love others unless we know how to love them. And so we're supposed to love them like we love ourselves, right? Okay, well, how do I know how to love myself? Well, if we were created in God's image and there's a blueprint for how to love God and we're told how to love God, right? Then we know that first that sets the foundation. We love God. We love our creator. It puts us in a position of humility. It puts something greater greater than ourselves, right? That we can look to. Then we're able to focus on ourselves our gifts, the things that we were put here to do, our purpose, you know, dream chasing. That's what this show is all about. We're not equipped to do any of those things unless we can first spend the time loving ourselves, honoring ourselves, having the confidence that we need, the self-efficacy that we need to equip us to move forward towards our dream. And then uh, finally, you know, once we're filled up, right, on that love from God and that love from selves, then we have enough overflow to love others. And I would venture to say that most of you who are out here chasing your dreams, have something somewhere in your mission to help others, to impact others. You know, most of our dreams are not just for us. Somehow our dreams are going to impact someone else. So I would challenge you to think about before I'm equipped to do that, 
Am I doing what needs to be done for myself? Am I taking that extra hour in the morning? Am I spending quiet time to read and study? Am I focusing on maybe just three things that I'm grateful for a day? Am I processing when I feel anxious or when I feel stressed or am I just pushing through? So I would really challenge you. I think it will help your business, your ideas, your projects, whatever it is that you have bubbling up, how you show up in the world, if you would take that time to first love on yourself. Hold on. That deserved it. Thank you. I can't say any more than that because you've listened to the episodes. We talk about the importance of taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, right? All of those things. And it comes down to that self-love. Yeah. It comes down to what Maddie is saying about taking the time for yourself first. So many people I've heard, you know, it's like, I don't have time. I have to get the kids. I have to do this. And we somehow lower ourselves in the priority scheme. Yep. It's the deprioritization of self. Yeah. We all have, I mean, X amount of time. It's a finite amount of time. It's what we do with the time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's no right answer. All we're saying is take care of yourself first, right? When you're on a plane, what what does the steward say? Put your mask on first before you can put someone else. Before you can help someone else. Can't help nobody if you're passing out. Correct. Can't do it. It's the same concept with saving money. Think about your check comes in. And you have all of your expenses and then it's like, oh, I can't save money. I have too many expenses. Mm -hmm. If you take that money off the top, as soon as that direct deposit hit on Friday, you make sure you have an auto payment or auto save or you don't even see it. Right. That thing hits another account. You will save much faster than if you wait until whatever you have left. And manually do it. Yeah. Because- I think your responsibilities, your expenses, your time, it's going to expand to fit what you've got. It's just like the ladies who carry a purse, the bigger the purse, the more stuff you carry. So it's like, it's going to expand to fill up whatever resources you have. So get yours off the top, just like with saving, get yours off the top. It's so important, guys. It's so important. It's funny because I just don't think, I think it's a learned thing, right? When I think about it, my mom was so self-sacrificing. Right. And I feel like because you wear these new titles, you tell me sometimes in the old generations and possibly even some of this current generation, people feel like they're not self-sacrificing and they're not a good mom. Oh, for sure. That mom guilt is real. And honestly, I think part of it is innate, right? Like we have all these hormonal changes going on. So there is something that's wired in us to protect to nurture, to care for that child. Like that's your responsibility. So it's something that just, it it hits, the instincts hit. So there's that, there's nature, but then there's nurture. Then there's society that puts extra pressure, extra pressure is the best way to describe it on women that the dads don't get, that non-moms don't necessarily get around, you know, what you should and should not be doing now that you're a mom. 100%. You know, what is that? And the thing is, as much as we try to kind of stand against it, it's so strong and so ingrained into our society. It's in our media, you know, family, whatever, that I think that paired with the sort of internal sort of wanting to take care of your child, that mom guilt, the first time I felt it, I was like, this is crazy. This isn't me. I feel guilty for... I left my house for an hour and a half and I was like, oh my gosh, Yeah, you know, is a new mom, is the baby okay? Am I supposed to be doing this? And every time you take on a new project or do, it's going to creep up, Yeah, but you have to speak truth. You know, you have to speak truth over yourself. That's why it's also important to lay that foundation 
Know what your non-negotiables are. Know what matters to you. You can still be a great mom and do all of the things that you're purposed to do. And you can. I think social constructs are something we have to fight in today's society, guys. There's just so many things that are being challenged and that is one of them, right? Yeah. There's so many of them. Every time you turn, it's like, wait, and, and we talked about it on my other podcast, Your Personal Hype Man, how you have to challenge these biases and social construct is a bias that you have to fight against because it's like, who put it out there? Yep. And it's not just on the women to fight and it's not just on the moms to fight, right? Yep. So just like with any other social construct, it's on the partners to show up and to be there. It's on the support system and the village to show up and to be there, not to reinforce the stereotypes for the dad to take off when the child is sick. I mean, there are a lot of different things for the job to not make an assumption about she can't get a promotion because she's got a small child, you know, so if you're in a managerial position, all of us have to do our part to make sure that we are not reinforcing stereotypes, not just in this scenario with with mothers or with women as we're in Women's History Month, but racial stereotypes, other societal and cultural things that we do that are toxic, we all have to play our part to change that. Guys, I think the first step towards that, or there's two steps, one, having empathy, Oh, sure. For your fellow brother or sister, right? We're all in this world. We're one race. Yes. The human race, right? So stop, stop with all that. We are one. If COVID showed me anything, it was that some of y'all don't get that lesson. Yeah. Some of y'all don't get that. The second is being open-minded enough, I think, to accept the fact that you may be wrong about something, right? I mean, you're not going to challenge anything if you already, if you're already close-minded to your perception can't be wrong. It's not going to work. Right. And so, Maddie, when you when you started Love Madden and it's going, can you talk to these guys about. So this episode is going to air March 31st. So if you're listening in March, you know, Maddie has a challenge that launches starts tomorrow, but launches really May 1st. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the challenge and what it is so that people can understand what it is you do with Love Madden, get a sense of it? Absolutely. Tomorrow, April 1st is my birthday. And so I am going to launch the Hope Series uh, Challenge. And so the Hope Series Collection will go live in the shop. The 21-Day Challenge download will be available. And folks can start to order their Hope Boxes. So that's that box that I was describing that comes with everything that you need to be intentional during the 21 days. You can do it without the box. I don't want it to be a hindrance, right? You can download the challenge for free and get going. But the box gives you an opportunity to have additional items. It has a workbook. Um, some little reminders that you can use affirmations. It has a cute little enamel pin that you could pin somewhere to kind of help you to remember as a visual cue that you're participating on this challenge. So all that becomes available throughout the month of April. I'll be shipping all that good stuff out. And then on May 1st, we will start the Hope series together. We will do a 21 day challenge broken down over three weeks because they say, whoever they is, that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit to start to get into the habit and ritual of being hopeful, just like we did last month with getting into the habit and the ritual of showing love. And so all of us can use a little bit more hope. All of us are in the wait for something. We're working on something. We're waiting on something. We're hoping for something. And so it's how to strengthen that muscle. So when we think about our emotional and spiritual wellness, it's just like exercise. Like I, I'm the kind of person who will do one workout and be in the mirror looking for ads. <laughs> like, did it, did it work? <laughs> did it work? 
but we know it doesn't work like that, right? Same thing with our spiritual muscles. You you have to work them. You have to practice them. And so that's what the 21 day challenge is about. I encourage you to sign up at lovemadden.com and all the hope series stuff will be up front. You can't miss it because that's going to be the focus for the month of May. So there are a few reasons I wanted Maddie to talk about it. One, I want you to participate. Two, the reason I want you to participate is May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. And what better way to help with your mental health than hope? Yeah. Right. I think it's important. I'm going to be participating in the challenge. I hope you'll join us with it. And three, I'm always about something that has the number 21. You know that. (laughs) It's true. 21 days for a habit. It'll help you get there. Right. But I think it's so important because your mental health is something I think that we don't put enough priority on. And I think this will help you guys more than you expect it will. It'll surprise you. It'll surprise you. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we spent so much of the episode talking about moms and motherhood, but we know that that Mother's Day is in May and it can be challenging for a lot of folks. It can be challenging for people who have lost their mom, who have a difficult relationship with their mom. And for us ladies, for those who aspire to be a mom, but you know, the timeline or maybe fertility issues, maybe you've lost a pregnancy, lost a child. We look at Mother's Day as this great time with the flowers and this and that, but there are so many difficult things that could potentially be tied to or triggered to that day. And so for me, it was triggering for so many years. And I felt hopeless around Mother's Day because I was experiencing this recurrent loss and I needed something to hang my hat on to. I needed something to help me through that season. And so I went back through my old journals where I was journaling my experience to look at what is it that I used to help me get through this experience, whether it was scripture or different practices or exercises. And so I pulled all of those things together to put this series together. So it was a labor of love. I put it together last year, actually, and have been preparing this whole time for this series so that I can really give you all the best experiences possible. And it's my prayer that I can help people through whatever they're going through. It might not be with motherhood, but that's why I chose May. And so for it to also fall on Mental Health Awareness Month, I mean, that's fantastic. It's aligned. It's aligned, guys. And if you have any questions about the challenge, whether it's right for you, et cetera, et cetera, you know, don't just sit with that. Reach out. Maddie's information is going to be in the show notes so you guys can check that out. I encourage you because, you know, I'm all about mental health and helping you guys be the best you can be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Maddie, we got to get you to some important questions. Okay. So, hold up. Let's bust out the questions. Let's go. It's time to be intentional. Let's do it. What is the number one mistake you think that people make most when they chase their dreams? So I'm generally proponent of mistakes. I think that mistakes are good. I think you should fail forward, fail fast, you know, keep moving forward, kind of quick cycle, quick sprints. I think the one mistake that you can make, though, that can really be a hindrance is to not start. That's I mean, that's the one that there's not a lot of recovery from because you ain't doing nothing. So you don't have to wait for perfection. A lot of times when we think about perfectionism and procrastination, those are just different ways for us to say fear. They're fear dressed up, fear with makeup on. So I would say just start where you are with what you have. Just go. And I'm a perfectionist. Amy will tell you because I'm like, I got to get this right. Even with this episode, I'm like, I got to get the lighting right. I got to make sure, you know, so it's something I'm constantly struggling with. Right. But don't let that hinder you from just doing the thing. Just do it. Just start. I love that because the thing is, is that we all need an origin story, not an orange story, origin story. Origin story. Yep. Right. And that's 
if you don't just start, then where are you going to go? If you're looking for perfection, where do you go after that? There's nowhere to go. There's no growth. There's no movement. You just, at what we, that's it. That's true. Yeah. Right. So that I'm with you. That is not a mistake. I want you guys to keep doing because just be starting and going. Yeah. And like they say, done is better than perfect. If perfect isn't going to keep you from getting it done, if it's going to keep you from hitting publish on that first episode of that podcast or outlining that book or getting that website up or writing that screenplay or whatever dreams you have inside of you, if you're trying to get it perfect is going to keep you from doing it, then perfection actually becomes your enemy. So we have to fight it. We have to actively combat it and fight it and just go. It's almost it's funny because I'm like, is that the opposite of imposter syndrome? Both, I think, because of fear. Fear. But it feels like they're both products of it. Yeah. And they can be interrelated. Sometimes we can be perfectionist or we can procrastinate because of the imposter syndrome. I have to look like this before I can do it. And we compare. We scroll and we compare. We look around. We look left and right. And I always say, face your front, look up, then look forward. God will pack into you what you need to get your work done. And then you just go forward. Don't be worrying about who's in these lanes next to you. Everybody's running a different race. Everybody's running a different race. Maddie's chapter five is different from my chapter five, y'all. That's it. That's it. And sometimes you're looking at somebody's chapter 20, but because you're in chapter five, you're like, dad, how'd she do that? Right. Since she's in chapter 20, she's been running this race for 15 chapters and you're comparing things that are apples and oranges. So just compare yourself to yourself. Where was I yesterday? And where am I today? Did I make progress? Incremental progress. Laura Casey, I don't know if you're familiar with Cultivate What Matters, but she says small steps, little by little, is how we get to our big goals. It's little by little that we have to cultivate things little by little to get to those big goals. It's just you against you guys. It's you against you. That's it. That's all it is. Maddie, the second question I have to ask, you may already use the same answer, but I want to challenge you to think of another one. All right. Okay. What is one thing these guys can do today outside of just starting to help them in their dream chase? Hmm. One thing that people could do today, write it down, whatever it is that you want to do, write it down. There is, again, here it is with the social spirit science, spiritually based, there's science around this. And, you know, conventional wisdom will tell you that there is power in writing something down, whether you're in a lecture hall, listening to notes, whether when you write them down, if you're studying your Bible, if you rewrite the scripture, and you'll commit it to memory, but also you give stuff life. When you speak it and you write it down, you give stuff life. So take your dreams, find, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect and fancy journal. Just find something, find a notebook, 29 cent composition book from Walmart or whatever, and write it down. That's a first easy step that you can see. And it makes it real. I can't remember who said this, but someone said, if you want to reach your goals, then one, have them. But two, to make them more likely, of achieving them, say them out loud. Yep. But if you really want to accomplish those goals, write it down. Write it down. Yeah. Got to write it down. It gives you a record. And I touched quickly. I kind of glazed over gratitude practice. It's super important. Actually, right here on my desk, I can show you guys I have a gratitude jar, right? So I'll take a slip of paper and I'll write down what I'm grateful for and I'll put it in this jar as a practice. But when you go back and you look at the record of what you wrote down, I look at my dreams from 2014 and 2015. I'm like, dang, I did that. I did that. Or even if it pivoted or even if it shifted. When Love Madden was first an idea, I didn't even know what it was or what it would be called. I just started writing things down, like getting together. Together, mental health, 
sister circle, friend groups. And I just started like ideating. And now I can go back and be like, oh, wow, I did that. And I I get filled with so much gratitude to see it. Sometimes we forget our humble beginnings. We forget our origin story. We don't have a record. So keep a record. That's it. That's it, guys. Just do it. Just do. listen to Maddie (laughs) and go follow her. And Maddie, I'm so grateful. We have always so much fun with you coming on the show. Tell these guys where they can go to connect with you on these interwebs, not just your website, but everywhere else. So I'm I'm the same everywhere you look. So the website and everything else is Love Madden, L-O-V-E, my first name, M-A-A-D-E-N, two A's, one D. So that's my website. That's the name of the podcast. You can search me wherever you listen to podcasts. That's where I am on all the socials. But I think the best way is to sign up for my email newsletter. I only do it once a month. It's a love note for me to you. It's just a very real and raw note that I write about what's going on, what the plans are for what's next. I don't spam you. I don't write you a whole bunch of stuff. I don't promote a whole bunch of stuff, but it's a great way for us to keep in touch. But hit me up, DM me. I'll hit you back. She'll hit you back. Yeah, I love to keep in touch. I love to chat. So just hit me up. Yeah, for sure. Maddie, thank you so much. Thank you. For coming on and sharing your knowledge with these guys. It's the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for creating this space. Thank you for honoring women this month. Thank you for the focus that you have on mental health, for the focus that you have on helping us really identify and go after our dreams and not feel stuck to the path that might have been laid out for us, even if it's a path that we laid out for ourselves. So thank you for giving us the freedom to chase our dreams. Appreciate you. There you guys have it. That was Maddie. Was I not right? Was I not right? There were so many gems she was dropping left and right, left and right. And the biggest lesson she gave, I think, though, was for you to just start. Just start chasing your dreams so that you can begin your origin story so that you can find what you need. And I highly encourage you guys to sign up for her Hope Challenge. You guys can find all of that, the information, the links, everything on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 244. That's episode 244. All right, Dream Chasers, until next time, remember, don't stop, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ, or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.